Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody, I am Sam and we are here on the Spurs News Podcast. It is the September special episode, which just so happens to slot into the international break quite so nicely. As I said, I am Sam, and joining me today for the September special, it's Step In Super Sub Stefan. Hey, how we doing? I'm okay, mate. And you? I am. I'm tired, but I'm good. Uh, well, they're tired. <laughs> you you have a baby in yeah. the house, so we have that TV. must be your that must be your default setting now. Pretty much, yeah. Fucking shattered is just a normal fault now. Yeah. Did you um? Did you notice uh, me as I got older? I noticed that my default answer changed. Like I'd bump into someone and be like, "Oh, you're alright, mate," and I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm okay." That was it. That was the default answer. Yep. Now as I'm older, it's like, "Oh, hey, mate, you're alright." Yeah, tired. But okay. Yep. No, I I fully yeah. feel that one. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's an age thing. Everybody listening across various age categories, let us know what you reply. <laughs> so yeah, like, like I said a while ago, um, so apologies if you missed that episode where I announced it. Um, Spurs News Podcast this season, we're going to be doing, obviously, uh, weekly episodes when there's games to talk about. Obviously, if there's international breaks, we'll take a break as well. Unless, however, it just so happens that once a month, we are going to do a podcast special. Uh, podcast special is going to be typically on one subject, so we're not going to be talking in general terms everything, and this particular special for September is going to be based purely on the summer transfer window. Business done, business not done, our thoughts on it, etc. Um, so again, going forward, we're just going to pick a topic, Tottenham related, and dive into it and sort of try and pick two sides of it if it's a debate. Um a lot of people have suggested literally a show based on Enoch and Daniel Levy. That could rumble. Um, oh, flip a coin. One supports and one hates yeah. them. Good luck. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I don't know how I'd get on with that. Um, I know the Sol Campbell one, a lot of people want to hear, um, which I'm not sure I've got enough editing in me to 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 fully make it compliant with Apple language standards. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, we do have quite a lot to talk about with this. So this is episode 209 of the Spurs News Podcast. Um, the sort of summer window roundup, if you like. And we're going to start with, to get out of the way, the departures. Yep. Um, it was an interesting thing. Okay, so Lucas Mora left. Lucas Mora left with uh end of his contract. So in essence, was kind of released. You know, we didn't take up the option for the extra year. Um, and he went away on a free transfer. It's a strange one with Lucas Mora for for me, and then I'll I'll let you speak about him because Lucas gave me one of the best nights I think as a Spurs fan I've had a European night especially. Yes. Um, and I know it's a team thing, and he was the one just at the end of finishing. But you you know you do kind of tribute. It was a hat trick that changed most of our you know it, it was phenomenal. It was an amazing night, and so forever in that green kit. That memory, him, the celebrations, the jumping up in the air, landing on the knees, yeah, yeah, that is going to be for life. That that's there for life. So, I have a very special place for him. 
for us on a regular weekly basis, he was never that consistent. And the reality was it was the right time to say goodbye, age, everything. You know, it was it was the right time. Contract was up, time to move on. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike, yeah, and possibly, as much as I hate to say it, possibly a little late, possibly a year earlier, he scored a phenomenal goal with his last ever appearance for us where he just basically went, screw it, I'm going to have a go, and beat everyone and then scored, which was just so Lucas Moura. It was unbelievable. That was what we wish we saw kind of every other week sort of thing, you know? Instead yeah. Of twice a season. Yeah. yeah, 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 you're right. Um, But still, saying goodbye to Lucas was kind of like another one of those end of an era. But at the same time, I think with Ange coming in, it kind of just showed me that that era did need to end. It was almost like we were holding on to it too long. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we were so close. We didn't want to let that go. Um, and now, yeah, now we, now we have, I'm kind of like, yeah, we needed to do this earlier. The, the, you know, this needed to have happened before. Um, but just on Lucas Moore then, um, you, your, your sort of thoughts on his departure. Um, yeah, a bit of a bit of sweet one. Sad to see him go, but completely understand why. Yeah. Sad to see him go for the, the reasons you just explained. It's the first time I ever heard my granddad swear was that third oh. goal in uh, Amsterdam. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We were sat around. I was just sitting in his conservatory watching it. I remember messaging you throughout the match going, we're going to win this. We're going to win this. You did. You did yeah. keep saying I that. I was full still... of confidence. Don't know why. Uh... <laughs> still, still, still think you're mad, but yeah. Um, and then when that third goal went in, all I heard from the corner room was, well, shit me. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, it was... I was so happy to see him score in that final appearance. Wish we had seen more of that from him. And goodbye, but thank you for all the memories. Yeah, yeah, thanks for all the fish, yeah. Um, I'd agree with that. Uh, moving on to another player that left. This one was sold, and most recently, is Davinson Sanchez. Yep. Um... Davinson Sanchez arrived from Ajax um, and kind of came in on the basis that uh, the then manager, um, some Argentinian bloke, can't remember his name. Oh, um, the like, him, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. When the Mello was player manager, so that's how I remember it anyway. Um, and basically, he came in on the basis that we're going to move to a three, a back three, and he was going to be the pacey one. We had the two Belgian rocks, defenders, solid, brilliant, held the line, uh, phenomenal reading of the game. But we needed a guy to come in who was going to mop up. Yep. And in that role, initially, looked fantastic. Looked really good. Um, the other two with the ball-playing defenders, he was just there doing his thing. Yeah. Um, then the sort of injuries happened, adjustments, back to a four. To be honest with you... And this is purely my opinion. I don't think he's ever looked settled in England. I don't know whether that's because he never had a full run and therefore was constantly having to try and sort of come in, come out, come in, come out. And and that's very difficult for any player. Um, But he just never looked settled to me. Um, Him going, uh, again, uh, in my opinion, is a little bit overdue. Um, but this is none of that is to say that I never liked Davinson Sanchez either as a man or as a player. Uh, as a man, he's a family man. Um, really loved the club. Um, there's a funny viral video from this summer. So even knowing that his own fans booed him last year, which I still think is a really dark day for all of us. 
Um, and knowing that he's likely leaving this summer, there's a viral video of him in a sports shop putting Tottenham shirts in front of Arsenal ones and another thing where he was at like a, a museum and he had an Arsenal picture and he put a Tottenham shirt in front of that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, the guy was very, very fully on board with the club. Love, love being here. Um, seemed a great guy, good professional. Um, but yeah, for me, it just never quite clicked in the Premier League for him. And I always, I always thought, because I kept saying I, I think he needs to go, and I and I stand by that for a couple of seasons at least. Yeah, I've always felt that when he went to a different league, a slightly. Uh, Italian league or, or a league like that where the pace isn't quite so frenetic as it is in the Premier League mm-hmm. I always thought he's going to look amazing everyone's going to look at that and go what where where was this guy he's like well he was there the whole time yeah Um, but again that's just my opinion he's so he's gone to the Turkish league so I mean he's going to look yeah. like a boss in that league Um, I don't know the Turkish league's weird like I don't watch a lot of Turkish football to be honest with you because the only times that stuff does come up to me about the Turkish league is when something bad happens. So it's like, oh, look, there's a game in Turkey where every black player had bananas thrown at them. It's like, oh, great, brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I don't watch enough of it, but I do watch some in the Champions League. Yeah. And, you know, it seems sort of tidy side. So hopefully he does well there. Hopefully he has a good time there where the fans are respectful and also, you know, behind him. But yeah, so Davinson Sanchez, my friend, just just your thoughts briefly. Um, no, I pretty much again agree with you. It, it was a, a player I, I've never disliked. Sanchez He's always, I, I think, when he's been on the pitch, he's always put the effort in. I agree. Um, lapses of concentration, but I think that's just a one of those things, unfortunately, with him. Um, and again, probably should have gone two seasons ago. Yeah, but. I, again, he, he goes with you know nothing but respect and stuff from me, and good luck to him. Yep, that's fair. Um, so, other departures, obviously, we need to talk about Harry. Um, Winks, obviously. You ruined my joke. Ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was literally about to say he came through the academy, loved by everybody. Do it, we'll edit it, um, do it. No, no, no. It's, it's gone now. The whole setup was there, and and you just shat on it. I hope you feel proud of yourself. Um, uh, yeah. So so let's let's just talk about the Harrys then. Now my joke's ruined. Um, Harry Winks went to Leicester um, for ten million pounds. Mm-hmm. Harry Kane went to Bayern Munich for a hundred and ten million. So that's two academy products, one hundred and twenty million profit on them. Um, you can call it that. It's a very Enoch Daniel Levy way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, Harry Winks, it was definitely time for Harry to go. Uh, he, he had kind of stagnated and gone stale as a player at the club. Um, I think he loved the club uh, as a fan. I think he'd have stayed forever, you know, just even if he was a bit part player because he loved it, but... I think last season when he went on loan and was playing regularly in Italy after his surgery, I think he realised now I need to be playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I want to get back to playing the game. Leicester for me was a great opportunity for him because he was able to join a club that very much sees itself as a Premier League club, has the funding and the backing to be a Premier League club. They had a very bad season last year which saw them relegated, but they are going to be looking to bounce straight back. And, and with Winks, he's 
mindset probably is I need a season playing games. You know, mm-hmm. I need to get back to where I was. Stepping into the championship isn't a bad thing if I'm doing it for a year. You know, so yeah. in his, I think that's in his head. Like the club's geared to go straight back up. I need to play 30, 40 games in a season for the first time in a long time. In fact, the first time ever, probably. Yeah, so he's going to be knackered like Christmas ball, bloke. I know, bless him. Yeah, he's not going to know what to do. It's like, I'm normally on the bench. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, uh, again, just for me, uh, Winks is a player I always loved come through the academy. Um, I felt he was brought into the team and he did brilliantly. Um I, there's, there's a little bit of a narrative with him where some people think that he got into the team and just stopped and was like, oh, I've made it. I don't see that. What I see is he came in and then various different... He sort of came in under that bloke I'm not going to talk about anymore. Um, Chelsea bastard. And then a different Chelsea bastard came in and didn't rate him, didn't want to play him in the way that he needed to be played. I mean, there was a time where he was basically making a midfield two with Sissoko. Yeah. And the the hilarious thing about this, right, is... And again, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody players because generally there's a lot of love for me for both of these players. But Sissoko was so bad, and I mean so, so bad, that like his first touch was a shot. You know, it, it, like the ball would hit him and just like fire off. It was ridiculous. When he upped his level just a bit and was able to be competent and run with the ball and not fall over his own feet, we all started singing his name like he'd become like Maradona peak. Yeah, it was, it was funny. We as fans did it like this is hilarious, and he kind of went, Thank you so much for the support. And we were like, Oh, oh, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're not taking the piss. Oh, we'll have to carry that on now. Shit. <laughs> yeah, who needs bail when you got Sissoko? <clears throat> yeah, none of us, none of us did that as a joke, mate. Yeah, we're, we're absolutely, yeah. Winks next to him was just really tidy and did really well. Yep. And people used to slate him. I always, I always find that funny, or like, find that a little bit difficult. The like, thing I hated got... the most was always this stupid narrative of Winks can't pass the ball forwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that used to do my nutting. That did. Well, it was funny because it was like even the statisticians' accounts, like Opta and stuff like that, started putting out like at the end of games. Oh, Harry Winks made forty-eight passes and like. 28 of them were four and it's like you're just you're just like feeding the trolls now it's like become a yeah it's become a thing it's like leave it alone like the guy's the guy's a decent player and it used to to frustrate me so i'm happy winks has moved on i hope he gets loads of games i hope he does really well i hope he comes back into the premier league although i don't really like leicester but hopefully he gets a move (laughs) um yeah, uh, and the other one uh, we've talked about before. Um, he's now in Bayern Munich, um, loving his life at his big club where he gets a chance to win things. And apparently, so, not particularly fond of us, it would seem. Yeah, well, I'm opening, fuck I am opening that can of worms. He is starting to really piss me off. See, I said this to you a little while ago. Yeah. I was like, his interviews and stuff, it feels unnecessary. He then went on international duty. So the most recent stuff is obviously what you're referencing. Yeah, the whole how it's different because at Tottenham, if you lose three or four games in a row, it's a bit of worry. 
if you go to buy yeah. Munich and lose one game, it's a crisis. You must win every game. I'm like, yeah. no, have that fucking attitude at Tottenham of we must win no. every fucking game. That you're a footballer who is paid to win football games. That should be yeah. even if you're playing for like South End United, you should still be a case of I want to win every single game. I don't think you can apply that to South End United. We just try that's, just that's, try and get a team ridiculous. out and pay their wages. Yeah, that's it's been the yeah, biggest that, that's, that's but, insane. Winning, know. actually winning a game as well. There is there is an element of this, and I'm I can't believe I'm going to defend the bastard, but. There is an element of his quote and the question, and it his quote becoming quite loaded by the way the question was asked. And you can also flip this a little bit, which I think Alistair Gold did. Uh, I heard him speaking about it, and I thought, yeah, that's a really good perspective, which is, in Germany, and you are Bayern Munich, the level of competition in the Bundesliga, you've probably got two games a year that are competitive. And they're both against Dortmund. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you lose two games in a row against shite. You are going to, people are going to be screaming. And the chairman all the way down, everyone is going to be going ballistic. Because you're frigging Bayern Munich. You've got the budget like 400 times the size of everyone else in that league. It's no different than Paris Saint-Germain in France. Yeah. It really isn't. Like Which, The Bundesliga uh, yeah. is... is uh, and. The funny thing is, is because Bundesliga is getting a lot more coverage now. Harry Kane's gone there, and all of a sudden, there's Bundesliga games everywhere, highlights everywhere. And I've always been of the opinion, like, oh, don't be disrespectful to other leagues, like the Farmers League stuff. But then me and you looked up, okay, how many times have Bayern won the title in the? Oh wow, they basically win it every year. Yeah, they've like it lost it once isn't. in the last eleven years or something ridiculous. And yeah. a, and a few people were like, "Oh yeah, but that's no different than Man City dominating the Premier League." I'm like, "I'm sorry, yeah, it is because Man City have dominated recently, but they yeah. also in that time that they have dominated, lost the title to Liverpool once, and beat Liverpool to the title basically on goal difference." Yeah, I know. Often than not, it's two teams, possibly three teams, that become ultra competitive for the title. And then one team have kind of burst over the line. And recently that has been Man City. But I have not watched a wide class as a dead rubber for our league title in quite some time. Yeah. Like typically going into the final weeks, we are still waiting, you know, to, to who's going to win it. I mean, last season, I mean, Arsenal ran them right the way up until sort of like the final couple of months. And then Arsenal fell a bit. <laughs> but... <laughs> but Arsenal came out of nowhere. Yeah. When was the last time in the Bundesliga a team that finished mid-table one season then pushed Bayern all the way for the title? Oh, it doesn't happen. No. So, so the narrative that Harry has here of, oh, I'm here and you know I'm here to win stuff because winning here is everything. Yeah, winning is everything there because if you lose a game to the Ulster level they're playing against, someone, yeah. yeah Bloody right, everyone's going to be going ballistic. Well, yeah. But Bayern Munich are going to win that title with or without you. They've won it the last however many times without you. Yep. You are literally not the difference maker. You you are not changing any outcome. No, it's like they might. Man City yeah. signed Haaland to get them the Champions League, and yeah, he did and it. it. Worked. But they didn't yeah. need him to win the Premiership. They he was signed to get us the Champions League. Harry yeah. Kane has signed for Bayern Munich, who. Haven't challenged the later stages of the Champions League for a good few seasons. 
No, and that's, and that's probably their, gonna, their aim. Yeah, they're going to win the Bundesliga with or without Harry Kane. They're most yep. likely going to win the German League Cup with or without Harry Kane. Yeah. They ain't winning the Super Cup, though. <laughs> oh, RB Leipzig. Uh, thank you very much. I needed that laugh that day. Uh, that I went impressive. straight out and brought my boy a uh, Leipzig top after that result. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So. So. Basically. Uh. Yeah. I. I. I don't appreciate because I don't. I don't think it's necessary. I think you can be respectful to your former club and talk up your new club without. You know. Without needing to constantly reference us. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Yeah. He, he can go fork himself as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. So. Winksy. Best of luck for the future. Lucas. Best of luck for the future. Sanchez. Best of luck. Harry. Hope you break your ankles. Anyway, moving on to our incoming. Yes. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. Before I do that, I should mention we have a lot of people gone out on loan. Yes. So, uh, based on this, I think we've got eight players on loan currently, but I've always got that nagging feeling like I've missed one. So, if I do this list that I have, tell me if you think of someone straight away that I've missed, okay? Okay. So, Joe Roden, uh, who's a first-team player, has gone out to Leeds on loan. Yes. Um, Joe's 25 at the time I did this. Uh, 25 at the time he went out on loan. Jed Spence has also joined him at Leeds on loan. Are Jed they like a package deal? Like, you know, one they goes are, yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. It's, they're a lovely couple. Um, Troy Parrott has joined um, Excelsior in the Eldeviz in Holland. Oh, I think that's going to be great The Netherlands. Um, I hope so. Um, I really hope so. Alfie Devine's gone to Port Vale in League 2 and is doing really well. An amazing start to that loan. Uh, Dane Scarlett has joined Ipswich on loan. Good move. Uh, Jaffet Tanganga's gone to the Bundesliga. Uh, Jaffet is 24. He's just signed for a newly promoted Augsburg. Uh, so he's going to come up against Kane at some point. That's oh, snap him, Jaffet. Snap him. Yeah, Jaff, Jaff, you could do the funniest thing in the history of the world. But... Um, he is there technically on loan, um, but they do have a an agreement in place to make it permanent if they stay up and he plays over a certain amount of the games to help them stay up. Yeah. Um, so Jaff may leave, may come back, we don't know. We'll know. The last um, 10 games when they stop playing him because he's mid, they're mid-table, we'll know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Regulon has signed from Man United on loan. Um, my mind. Why does that blow your mind? Just, Man United had a serious injury problem at left back. We couldn't get rid of him anywhere. It's just one of those. They're, they're, it, it's one of those like strengthening someone that we should be competing against. How are we strengthening him with a player who's not even our third choice left back? That's the bit that blows my mind. Like I have such high opinions of Regulon. I don't understand. I would have thought this like Angie's kind of yeah. tactics and stuff. I genuinely yeah. thought this season. Him and Udogi were going to be really challenging each other to go for it. Yeah. And it just yeah, didn't not. happen. So that's more what blows yeah. my mind. What blows my mind is the fact that we don't have Regulon banging on the door like, this is my sort of tactics. This is what... Yeah. This is me. Well, that c- clearly, clearly there's a reason. Yeah. Because you had a good look at him in pre-season. So clearly there is a reason that we don't consider this strengthening a role. Yeah, so I didn't think he did that bad in pre-season. But obviously there must mm. be something in the training that Ange has seen and gone, yeah. nope. Uh, and the last one on my list is obviously uh, Tungo Undumbele. is joined Galatasaray on loan. And it is just a loan. Um, they have got an option. But of course we all know that won't happen. Because no one wants play him. That well. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, I got that nagging feeling like I've missed someone, but I don't know. Um, Harvey White, we left, lost him. Uh, White has left. That was yeah, a surprise sorry. for me. I, I didn't expect him to... I thought he was a big player for the future, but he's now gone off to play. He had time. one year left. He had one year left on his deal and wasn't interested in signing a new one. Yeah. Um, he was at an age where he couldn't just slot into the under twenty ones and get a loan. It made sense for all parties. Really. Yeah, I had a lot of um, I had a lot of uh, future promise on that kid. Uh, a very very good set piece technician, a wonderful left foot. But didn't progress over the last couple of years like yeah. you'd want. Um, he did have a loan, which was kind of his opportunity to grab first team football and show what he could do, and it didn't it was happen. A Darby, so wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was Derby. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but no, I I still, I still hope, I still hope that he can find it because there is definitely a very good player there. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So going on to the incomings then. Um. The the first one I'm going to talk about is James Madison. Uh, not only did we sign him this summer, we then made him vice captain. Yep. Um, it would appear that that was done on the basis of the guy just brings like a great energy both to the the playing style on the pitch and to the training ground everywhere. Yeah. Um, based on all the posts I've seen of him and everything, I can see that um, he does appear to be one of those people who's living his best life. Um, you know, happy, smiley. Um, I get paid to play football. This is mad. Yeah. Um, have you seen his box at yeah. the stadium? He's done. A, he's have, got a mural yes. in the box. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I have. Um, uh, I, I do wonder if that was if that was Kane's old one that they cleared out. I, I don't know, but yeah. So no, it's um, I, I like him. Um, as an individual, he's someone I I knew as a player. Didn't know what he was like, really. Didn't really pay any attention to it. Um, we signed him, and I had this kind of thing on the back of my head of, like, I remember last season, Leicester fans really got on him. And I kept seeing him having to come out in front of bad results doing interviews, and I kept thinking he looks really, you know, like he takes this really personally. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's clearly his, um, you know, he is clearly someone who, is quite emotionally invested, you know, I'm going to do everything I can. And I think once he signed for us, he, he kind of just like, okay, I'm fully Spurs. Oh, mate, you know, and this. he is fully Spurs. Like the videos on social media of him and his kids all in Spurs yeah. kits and teaching yeah. the kids to say, come on, you Spurs. Like, he yeah. seems to me like, I don't want to say, like, he's not a Spurs fan, etc. Like, he's not coming and like, this is my lifelong no. dream to play for my club. But he's no, definitely no, no. someone who is like, if I'm in the door, I'm all in. Like I I'm am all, in. all yeah. in at this club, yeah. and you know yeah. he's bringing the kids up to be. I'm I'm sure at Leicester, he was teaching the kids to say "Come on the foxes" or something, you know. But I'm yeah. I love the fact that yeah, like the day he signed, all the press stuff was just this massive smile on his face of like I'm playing at Tottenham, like yeah, wow. which is quite refreshing for us. Yeah. So I I think he will be the best forward signing since Son. And do you class him as a forward then? Um, I class I know he's a midfielder, but I classify him as a more of a forward attacking sort of player, a better attacking option then. The best okay, attacking so, signing since Son. So so Ange Ange Postacoglu plays him in midfield. Yeah, part of a three. 
uh, you played for England the other day wide as a forward on the left. Yeah. I, I thought that was absolute batshit. And true enough, he got subbed having no impact on the game at all. Yeah, he's not a winger. But but you think of him still more forward? I or think of him more Ange... a forward attacking player. Like, you're going to put him in midfield, but he's going to do a lot more around their box than he is around our box. Right, so an attacking midfielder. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, you kept saying a forward attacking midfielder. I'm like, a forward is sunny. It's... Um, yeah, yeah, I meant so. to say our best attacking signing since Son. There you go. Okay, all right. All right, cool. Okay. So, um, yeah, um, based on the evidence of what I've seen so far, he's been uh, brilliant. Um, he runs games. He does it with a kind of joy to him, um, which which I think is infectious. And currently, right now, in Ange Postacoglu's system, he's flourishing. Uh, I, I want to see that go for the whole season obviously at the moment we've just made a good start um whether up against the better teams we're going to be able to still play the way i know we're going to try um but yeah so I, i'm loving it james madison a uh, phenomenal signing 40 million um uh, Ange postacoglu laughed at the idea of that being a bargain because 40 million pounds um but at the moment you're watching him knowing the transfer fees of Declan Rice and other midfielders and every player that Chelsea ever signed. <laughs> you kind of go, yeah, okay, compared to that, yeah, yeah, we did well. I mean, um, yeah, Chelsea spent £115 million on Casado, who has cost them three games, and we've spent £40 million on Madison, which has won us three games. So, yeah, yep. bargain. Yeah, yeah. Based, based <laughs> on that math, done well. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about is Vicario, uh, our new goalkeeper. Um, one of my favourite things, and at the same time one of my least favourite things about social media and football fandom, is mm. knee-jerk reactions. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. me, I'm just going to give you an example. I have been known to absolutely rant after something stupid or a defeat. And our like group chat for Spurs news sometimes, uh, you know, it's like I feel like I'm hitting my head against the wall sometimes. I was mean, just pointing and out Matt, I've been on this podcast this many times, and I'm still not part of that group chat. Just saying. no, you're not. No, um, no one. One likes Amazon you. deal. So and that's it. Fuck. Yeah, one Amazon deal, and everyone just really doesn't like you now. <laughs> um, so it's like you're hitting your head against the wall sometimes. You're like, oh man, this is like this is driving me insane, and. I get that. So I get that. I get that kind of instant. Oh, for you know, we lost. Uh, what the hell was so and so doing? Da, 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 da. And what I like to think is, if the ninety nine percent of people calm down after they've had their little rant, and then it's a bit more. Oh yeah, well you know it happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know you kind of you kind of chill out. So that initial kind of thing I get. The thing I don't get <laughs> is when someone's twenty minutes into their debut. Oh, he's not it. This is never gonna work. What a waste of money! Is and I'm like, really? That's giving someone a chance. That's kind yeah, of they've had one and, shot in twenty minutes, which you put out for a corner instead of held on to. Yeah, that's what you're basing yeah, it on. And that's it. Yeah. So in our first game, we drew two all. We conceded two goals. I, I'd, I'd like to welcome everyone to go back to watch those two goals conceded. And also look at the stats to show the shots on target they had and the saves that were made. 
And you look at it and go, yeah, you didn't really have a massive amount you could have done different with the two goals. Mm-hmm. Now, if he was trying to catch the ball, fumbling it over his own line, I would 100% understand why it was on, oh, no, what have we done? This is bad. But luckily for us, I'd get it. We signed Vicario and not De Gea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Vicario, it's funny because. I kind of made a little bit of a mental note of all the comments, and I wish I'd taken a screenshot because I'm an asshole, but I didn't. Um, and, but now I'm seeing those exact same people. Oh, brilliant signing. Fantastic signing. What a great keeper. And, like, you literally wrote him off. And I know, right, if we if we play this weekend and he makes a mistake, yep. those same people, oh, I knew it. I said it. I said it on day one. That pisses me I, off. I can't stand flip-flops <laughs> fans oh. yeah 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 so so how do you feel about Vicario um in pre-season I was a little bit nervous about him um I didn't write him off how I didn't write him no, off no. I was nervous in the sense of this absolute lunatic kept coming running out of his box and headering balls away and sprinting yeah. out the box and taking the ball at his feet and then pinging a pass away and I'm so used to people like Hugo Lloris where we would be screaming at the screen to come off his line. Mm. And all of a sudden, I've got this young this young Italian keeper sprinting out the box. And I'm like, what are you doing? Whoa, whoa, get back. Stop, yeah. stop it, stop it, get back. And there's you messaging me going, dude, this is how Ange wants to play. He wants yeah. the high line so that the keeper is basically playing as a sweeper behind them. If yeah. the ball gets played long, the keeper's already at the edge of his box just to come and hoof it into touch and yeah. we can reset. And it took me a couple of games in pre-season to wrap my head around it. Yeah. Uh, and not just panic every time I see the ball go forward. There there was there was a fear. Yeah. Yes, I remember. Um, but I think the guy's great. Like some of the reaction saves he's made and stuff, he has got reactions yeah. that are incredible. That... That's that's the thing. I, I remember when we signed him and, and I did some reading on him because obviously he wasn't a player I was aware of. Hey. And one of the things I read was a guy who was an English football journalist who's now based in Italy, mm-hmm. so he, he covers Italian football. And he basically said that this signing makes so much sense for Tottenham because you needed to replace the sheer ability and reaction saves of Lloris, which is world-class, but add the ability with the ball at the feet and the confidence. Yeah. Um, and he said, and this guy is taller, has the same reactions in terms of being able to the snapshot shot stopper as Larice, younger than Larice, and has the ability with the feet and the timing, etc. You know, he's kind of like the perfect signing. Yep. And I read that and I thought, well, that's okay. someone really <laughs> talking this guy up, you know. But having watched preseason, having watched the Premier League so far, I can say wholeheartedly his reaction speeds and his ability shot stopping is up there. It is good. I mean, when when someone um, like Buffon can come out and highlight yeah. a goalkeeper, an Italian goalkeeper, as this yeah. guy's got it, you pay attention. Yeah, yeah. And, and Buffon basically said that he should be the Italian number one. Yeah, he's like, there's no, so like, there's no doubt in my mind who the Italian number one should be. Uh, and you only got to read online whenever Italy play. The fans are of the same opinion. Like, why isn't Vicario our number one? Yeah. Which is kind of amazing when you consider he wasn't playing for one of the big Italian clubs. Nope. 
But I think the club he was playing for, he would see a lot of action. Um, so I think people got to see him. <laughs> a lot know, of saves to be work. made. Yeah, yeah, at work. Um, but I've been very impressed with him. And again, personality-wise, he arrived with a kind of, oh, I am so happy to be here. You know, I'm, I'm at Tottenham. This is amazing. You yep. know, this club's amazing. The stadium, the training. He, and I think this is, again, something that people underestimate about signings and squad rotation where you're bringing people in, is you want to add that energy, that energy into the squad of people who are like, oh, you know, I'm 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 at Tottenham. This is amazing, and like they arrive and they're running around all keen, and then the other players who've been there a few years are a bit like, yeah, crap, <laughs> we are here. We need to, you know, yeah. It kind of lifts everybody, and I feel like that, that that is something that got forgotten with our recruitment, and hopefully it doesn't get forgotten again. Every window, you need to be making these tweaks. Yeah. Um, because you want to see, you want to see that. Uh, the next one is um, Solomon came in on a free. There's still a lot of raised eyebrows over that, but we won't we won't touch on that. It was a free transfer, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> he was it Fulham. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. We're 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 basically yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, he was at, he was at Fulham uh, last year on loan and did fairly well towards the end of the season. Um, he seems to be a very, uh, you know, he's quite small in stature, height wise, mm-hmm. low center of gravity. Quite small. He's very tiny. Good I've seen the videos where they walk into the training center. They were saying hello to the cameraman. Solomon yeah. is tiny. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's 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 not quite mascot level. No. Um, but if he stood next to Vicario, I think he would look like the mascot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very. Uh, very, I mean, he's a for me, he's like he's a winger. Um, and he played recently and got two assists. And you sort of look at it and you think, yeah, there is a there is a real good option, squad option there. So picking him up on a free, I 100% understand why we did a great it. Great bit of deal, yeah. It kind of replaces Lucas in our squad. Um, similar ability, similar position. Um, hopefully just that little bit more consistent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from what I've seen so far, I've been very pleased. Yeah, I was a bit... When we signed him, you know, you kind of... Typical big-headedness. I'm like, ah, oh, he spent last season on loan at Fulham. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, is that the level we want to be looking at? But the bits that I did see of him, he is quite an exciting player when he gets on the ball. Because of that low centre of gravity, he's got quick feet, he's quite fast anyway... I think he's a person that could be, if he gets on the ball and he's running at a defender, quite exciting to watch. Um, He can play on either wing as well. So it's a good rotation option for whoever is playing as our wingers. You guys have absolutely shattered out the defenders. Great. Bring on Solomon for the last 20 minutes. Now they're tired and watch him run rings around them. You know, it's a very good squad option to have, I think. I'd like to see him get some goals. But yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Obviously, we'd all we'd all like to see him score and have fun and stuff. But um, you know, the Premier League's not like that. No. <laughs> the Premier League's tough. And if he is playing a role where he's sort of coming in and out and doing stuff, then yeah. Uh, but yeah, obviously, we love all our players scoring goals because we want to see the team scoring goals. But yeah. picking up two assists, I don't think you should be no, sniffed not at, at all. Um, not at all. Uh, the next player to mention is kind of an interesting one. Is the young Argentinian striker Villiers? Yes. I'm not entirely sure that that's the correct Alejo. spelling of it. 
Alejo. Um, yeah. I know. I know very little about him. Um, I know, obviously, he's highly rated back in Argentina. Um, but what? Um, you know, so far it would appear the signing was one of we want to get him in. We think he's got great ability, and therefore, you know, we want to get him in now. We have, he's here, he's training, and there was a weird thing where people were like, oh, he hasn't got a work permit, that's why he's not involved. No, he, he has, he got it straight away. So, oh, okay. Um, it's just at the moment, not not in the squad. Uh, I think he's obviously adjusting. Uh, I imagine it is a massive adjustment. It's a big move. And he's only young as well, isn't he? Yeah. So, do you have, do you have any sort of thoughts on that one at all? Um, I did sign him on Football Manager, and he scored an absolute belter against Benfica in the Champions League for me. So, high hopes. Um, but that is about as far as my knowledge of this player goes. We were linked to him, so I signed him on Football Manager to see what he was like. Yeah. That's about as much knowledge as I have on the guy. Um, but I, I think whenever you sign like a, a young Argentinian striker, I it, there's yeah. always a bit of excitement about just how good can they be. I mean, you've got yeah. um, Alvarez, fantastic last name, playing at Man City <laughs> at the moment. Um, yeah. Same sort of thing. Came from the kind of obscure sort of club to Man City. Young Argentine striker. He's very, very good. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where people are going to kind of draw some comparisons. But I'm interested. I think the idea of leaving him kind of just to train and integrate and get in with it. I, I don't yeah. expect to see him playing anytime particularly soon. Um, well, I mean, but... I think you know if if he if he does something in training and all of a sudden looks amazing, then, then we put might him start yeah. seeing him. I think we might start seeing him in the on the bench and then getting minutes. But I think at the moment it's like, okay, kid, you're here. We want you training with us. We want you learning. We need you learning the language, settling in. Yeah. Because we got we got high hopes for you, um, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, all too often, I see us sign these players from around the world. Yep, nothing ever comes of it. You know, we sort of see him arrive, and we'll go, "Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if he'll be any good." Oh no, he's just left us on a free after five years in the under twenty one. So, Lacelso um, being one of those players that we signed as a young, exciting Argentinian, and we're still kind of waiting for him to peak. Well, he he, he wasn't that young. Um, but yeah, um, okay, so that's Feliz. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is Van der Ven. Oh, um, so uh, in the in the summer, we started getting linked with various players. Um, there were sort of lots of players across Europe, names thrown around, names in the Premier League for defenders. We all knew we needed to sign defenders, yeah. The whole world knew that, so the prices went up the minute we asked. Um, this was a player that was really interesting to me because early in the window. Um, I, I read an article um, written by someone who I, I follow who is basically like a, an, an analyst. He analyzes players, technique, and all this stuff. And he said, these are the five players that I think Tottenham should look at. And the number one on that list was Mickey. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to have a look. I'm going to see everything. And I watched a few video clips and stuff. And obviously those are always highlights. They're literally highlights. Yes. So he could have an entire game scoring own goals, falling over his own feet, but the one moment where he hit this amazing pass, that makes the highlight reel. So yeah. it's very misleading. But the one thing in the highlight reel that it had was this recovery sprint, 
where he was up for a corner, an attacking corner, the opposition broke and he outran after turning the entire side to get back to the line, positional sense as well, and clarity of thought whilst running that fast to then clear it off the line. Yeah. And immediately for me, I was like, okay. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I, Yeah. I was like, we are going to be playing a high line. You need someone with a turn of pace. So straight away, box ticked. But the thing that impressed me in that, which stood out to me, and then I thought to myself, I hope, obviously, anyone scouting him would look at more than just this. But this immediately caught my attention, was that clarity of thought. Because when you are... Anyone who's ever played any kind of sport, when you're blowing out your ass, your 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 mentality goes. Yeah. Fitness is so important, not just for your ability to get around the pitch, but your mental, your awareness, your kind of everything that's going on. Yeah. So this this to me was like really kind of interesting. And just seeing that, I was like, okay, yeah, I'd, I'd like us to sign this guy. Um, the thing as well about this season is our recruitment has been data-driven for the first time. Yep. And I've talked about this a little bit before on the podcast, but just to give you an example of this, um, a lot of, in the past, we would look at a central midfielder and say there's two options we're looking at, very similar sort of ability, age, you know, profiles. One of them's got 10 assists, one of them's got two. We would sign the one with 10 assists, like straight away. That'd be it. There There wouldn't be any kind of deeper dive than that. Yep. Now, we're looking at analysis data in a far more different way. So, okay, these two guys' profiles are about the same. The one with 10 assists was playing with a quite phenomenal striker. He made 15 key passes to create a goal-scoring opportunity, and that striker scored 10. The other guy wasn't playing with that good of a striker or a strike force in his club. He made 50 key passes... And the guys were like hitting them in the rosette. Which one's the better creative player? Yeah. And Which so uh, that yeah. that is just an example that I heard someone else give, and I thought it's a perfect example of looking at data in a different way and analysing things of saying, okay, if we were to take you out of that team where the forwards can't finish, you know, can't hit a you know Kazas with a banjo, yeah, and we put you into our team you'll flourish because you're still going to be that same player you are creating, you know, taking the ball forward. But we have got players who can put the ball in the net. Um, And then there's other data-driven stuff like, okay, the Premier League in the central midfield, for example, the physicality, can you stand up to that? Yeah. In, In the Premier League, you know, if you're a central defender... You're going to have strikers running off you doing this, doing this. One week you're going to have a big six foot four guy getting the ball lumped up to him. Can you cope with that? Look at Mickey van der Ven. Yeah. Not only is he rapid, he's six foot four. The guy's a wall as well. He's like solid. So when we looked at him, it was like, yeah, you are literally ticking every box. Um, we were we were linked heavily with Tapsoba as well uh, all throughout the summer. And I think we were genuinely looking at him. Um, and like if there was a way we could have got both, I think we would have. Yeah. But we couldn't move the players from the squad early enough to enable us to make the offers early enough. Yeah. I think Bayer Leverkusen were of the opinion that if you're not going to give us the chance to sign a replacement, he ain't going. And now he has signed a new deal there, by the way. So obviously, you know, that was kind of the window for that one, and that one's closed. Yeah. Um. 
But Mickey van der Ven, then, um, I have been very impressed with him so far. In the way that we play, in the system we play, I have already accepted in my mind there will be goals conceded through a misplaced pass or, you know, just the fact we got such a high line and someone gets in. Yeah. I, I, I understand that because it's the way we play. It's high risk, high reward, but we are going to, against the better teams, of course, we're going to have, we're going to concede goals. But so far, I've been really, really impressed with his partnership with Romero. Um, they complement each other really well. Yep. Um, and I've just been impressed with him, where he just sort of he had what three training sessions before his debut. Yeah. And just he looked looked like he'd been there his whole life. I mean, of course, he has scored two own goals in three games, which is quite impressive. And I and I would say, <laughs> I would say that. If you watch them, they're kind of really un. They're like the ones like the one shot that um, went saw... like, through his leg, hit his heel, and bounced yeah, over. Yeah, the and you're like, like oh. and you see him. He's basically trying to regain his foot, and it's like, oh, you poor bastard! That's a nightmare for a defender. Yeah, and then the other one, it's like cannons off him whilst he's trying to block it, and you're like, yeah, there ain't nothing you can do about that. It's just a funny stat, and I don't think anyone's looking at that going, oh, that's a concern. No, <laughs> I think. I think everyone's looking at that and going, oh my God, what a start. <laughs> you pulled two um, own goals in your first three games. Oh, you poor bastard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, old gave away a penalty on his debut. Yeah. Um, I remember that clearly. Because I remember how much I wanted us to sign him. Oh, he's going to sort our defence. It's going to be amazing. And then he did that and I was like, oh, great. Uh, but yeah, so for you, Van der Ven so far, how are you oh, feeling? I love him. Absolutely love him. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, good. That's perfect. Um, we've also signed a young central defender, um, Phillips from Blackburn. Yes. Um, this is a bit left wing. It's co- <laughs> I was like, well, caught me it's out a, of field. It's an amusing, there's an amusing story to this, which is amusing for us, not so amusing for Blackburn. Um, so he had a clause in his contract for a release clause at £2 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, when it's a release clause like that, you've got to pay it. There's no like installments or anything. It's like, here's the £2 million quid. To a club like Tottenham, obviously two million pound, yeah, that that can be done. But we approached him because we obviously wanted to get him in earlier. We knew about the release clause because obviously his agents told us. Yeah. So we made an offer to Batman and say, look, we know about the release clause in a few weeks' time. Um, we'd like to get the player in now so we can take him on the tour, so we can do this, that, and the other. Um, so we're willing to give you two and a half plus a clause, which could take it up to five million based on appearances, based on you know all these different things. Yeah. They come back and said, "No, we want five million. No clauses, no nothing. Five million for him." So we said, look, look, "This is the offer, or we're just going to wait until his his release clause is there." And they said, "No, no, no. Other clubs are in for him." So we said, "Okay." And the player had already agreed to deal with us. The player had already said he wanted to join us. Every other club came in and the player went, nope. No, thank you. Nope. And Blackburn are trying to flog him to anyone. They then came back to us a week before the deal and said, okay, three million. And we went, no, we'll wait a week. We waited the week, two million quid, done. Um, It's one of those things where I can completely understand why Blackburn were trying to get the most they possibly could for their asset. Yeah. But they fucked up. Oh that, yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, 
It was a mistake. And that's not me saying that was a mistake because, oh, we're too wily for that. I mean it as in any club they were dealing with in that scenario, any Premier League team with the money, once they know the player's theirs, because that's what happens, you talk to them, are you interested? Yes, I am. Great. These are the terms. Yeah, I'd love to sign that. Great. Now I'll agree a few of your club. Club, this is what we're going to do. And they go, no. And the player's agent goes, well, in about four weeks' time, you can have them for two million because of this clause. You just go, all right. You yeah. know, that's, that's fine. That's what we'll do. Um, of course, the player could have turned around and gone, oh, Man City have just come in for me. I'm going to sign for them instead. And it would have pissed everyone off. But if you think, yeah, okay, the deal's done. We just got to wait. Yeah. That's what you're going to do. And Blackburn shot themselves in the foot, which when you're a team who aren't as flush money-wise, you're not in the Premier League and stuff. No. Yeah, daft move, but it's what it is. Um, He's coming to the under-21s. Yep. He's been very, very good. Uh, partnership with Darrington in all the games. The under-21s have won every game so, so far I've, this I've season. I've not seen any of the matches, but I've seen the results and heard that him and Darrington yeah. are doing very well at the back. Yeah, very, very good. Um, And so good, in fact, that... Ange has actually promoted him to the first team squad. Um, so the last under twenty one game, he wasn't involved at all. Oh, he was already with because, us because, yeah, because he was involved in the first team squad and he was named on the bench ahead of Eric Dyer. Yes. Um. So, uh, he's eighteen years old. He he again is fast, good with his feet, a good defender. He's a ball playing defender. Yep. That's what Ange wants. Um. So yeah, that was that was that game. The the last game. Um, he was on the bench ahead of Dyer, so yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if that's going to continue or whether that was because the window was still open. But the mm. fact that Dyer has now been registered as one of the first team players and officially registered yep. on the list and stuff, you have to assume he's going to have to knuckle down in training and try and win his space back on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he will. I mean, for all I said about Eric Dyer, he's a good pro. So. Um, that's that. Uh, of course, the final signing um, is one that I'm still... Uh, I don't fully understand myself, and I'm hoping the player is just phenomenal for us, and I go, wow, <laughs> amazing. Um, and that's Brennan Johnson. The next Gareth Forest. Bale. Yeah. If you say so. Bale says um, it himself. Yeah, but he's Welsh, yeah. so... Um, <laughs> Brennan Johnson, I mean, I'm not going to say much. Uh, for me, I, I've watched him a few times for Nottingham Forest and was not impressed. Um, and what I mean by that is there was nothing there that made me go, wow, that's a £50 million pound player. You know, that's that kid is amazing. That You know, wow. And I just don't feel excited by the signing. Um, I think the kid's rapid in terms of pace. And he may well come into us and I go, wow, that's why we signed him. Okay, amazing. You know, and I hope that's the case. Obviously, I hope that's the case. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I'm unbelievably excited by the signing because me personally, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I think I should always caveat that by saying to a lot of people, we I once looked at uh, Harry Kane in the academy and said he'll never make it. He'll end up at South End within a couple of seasons. Give me Lee Barnard. That guy's 30 goals a season. Lee Barnard ended up at Southend, by the yeah. way. And and Kane's now at Bayern Munich, I hear. Uh, wherever. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> take my opinion with what it is, and which is just my opinion. I, I will go with your opinion, and I will turn around and say, I, on the other hand, was absolutely buzzing the second we got linked you to You were, it. yeah. Like, the second there was the link there, I was like, do it, do the deal, do the deal. In Angie's system, 
with his pace yeah. and the fact that he can play left, right, and centre. In yeah. this formation, these tactics, his pace and stuff like that. Oh man, he is the best attacking signing since Madison. <laughs> like I am well excited for Brendan Johnson to join us, like to be in the squad and playing. It, he is a you're, young. You're an infuriating football. I man, know really he's are. a young lad who I cannot wait to see in the special. He, all of his like um, press stuff that he's done with the club and all the social media stuff. He gives yeah. me proper prime Deli Alley vibes. Right. And okay. I am like, I am just absolutely buzzing for this kid to start. Okay. Okay. Well, look, f- fingers crossed that, uh, you know, later on in the season, I'm talking about how amazing a signing he is because, uh, and this thing, I like, don't take it the wrong way. It's like me not being excited by the signing is not like me saying, I think he's crap or anything like that. It's just. You know, like some signings, you, you sign a player and you're like, oh, I'm really... Like, the Van der Ven for me, because I did all the reading and everything, I watched his stuff. When we signed him, very excited by that because I had a real belief that that was a good signing. Yep. Um, Madison is a player I've liked as an attacking midfielder for a fair few years. Signing yep. him, I was excited by that signing. Uh, Vicario, uh, I'd read some good stuff, but I wasn't excited by that signing uh, because I, you know, I didn't know. He's playing very well and very pleased. Solomon. Yep. Wasn't really excited by that signing, but felt it was good business. Villiers, not really excited by that business. You know, we'll see what happens. And that's just how I feel like Phillips, again, not overly excited by that signing, but can understand 18 England defender. Da, da, da. Yep. Um, Johnson, yeah, don't see it yet. Hopefully, he's going to come in and I'm going to be like, oh, wow, hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's my hope. Um I think it's worth mentioning as well that we also concluded two loan deals, converted them to full um, full players, and that's Kulusevski and Pedro Porro. Yeah. Um, both of them were loan deals and were completed, and they're now full fully Tottenham uh, this summer. Yes. Which, if you do add them in, uh, what's that? One, two, nine. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine signings. Because if you don't include them, I'm terrified. Because last time we yeah, sold our best player, seven, we bought yeah. the magnificent seven. And now we've just sold our best player and we've signed a Magnificent Seven. Seven. And I'm terrified by that. (laughs) So we did nine nine deals. I genuinely think that's why the club keeps making sure everyone's aware Kulisevsky and Pedro Porro were signed as well. Yeah, it's nine, guys. It's nine. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. It's it's the fabulous nine. Um, So overall then, just, just to kind of wrap this up a little bit of a thing... I think the business we've done on incoming is good. Yep. I think outgoing needs work. Um, there are still players there that are on loan that just should be sold. Yeah. Or released. Um, and I, yeah. <laughs> I, I get that there's, I get to think, the, the, the Larice situation's weird to me. Like, I don't understand what's happened there. It's almost like the players sort of, I'm happy living where I live. I'm earning phenomenal money at Tottenham. I've got a year left on my contract. Unless someone's going to offer me similar and or be the first choice, why why leave? I might as well stay here and be the third or second choice. It's very, very um, strange. Like, I have a massive respect for Hugo because he's done so much. Of course. Yeah. As captain, before captain. Yeah. We've had him for his best years. And yeah. he has been yeah, a absolutely. phenomenal world-class goalkeeper for us. Yeah. This ending just feels really strange. It is very strange. Like, there should um, have been a testimonial next summer 
having lost him this year to, I don't niece or someone that was going to play him as first choice. And then next summer he comes <laughs> but, back but no. as a testimonial. But this is it. Nice didn't want him as first choice. That's why he's not yeah. there. Nice came in for him and he was going to be their second choice keeper and that's why he's not yeah. gone. I know, it's so strange. I, it, it, how how far has he fallen in people's opinions? That You know, that Newcastle game was appalling. Yeah. I, I, I stand but by that. But the defence was just as bad. The midfield was just yeah, as bad. I, I don't blame him for every goal, but it's like that happened. He got hooked because he picked up an injury, Apparently. picking the ball out of the net, I assume. Um, and then... The summer's happened, and not not one team, no one wants him as their first choice around all of Europe. Such like Europe, like the Saudi Arabians, are getting mental with money, and no one even wants to bring they, him. No, over. no, they did. No, 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 they did. They did. He isn't interested. Yeah, right. Um, I don't think he wants to move his wife and kids to Saudi Arabia, and I don't blame him. No, fair enough. Um, so yeah, no, no. They, I mean, that might come up again, and perhaps he'll reconsider, but. Um, no, that that he did have offers there for Saudi Arabia oh, okay. and turned it down. Uh, so yeah, so that is a little bit odd. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that obviously the club doesn't have a director of football. Um, a lot of people kind of go, well, so what? Uh, you know, we signed all these people, we did this, we've done good recruitment. Do we actually need one? Yeah. Our our departures, our outgoings, our loans, management, and stuff. This is where someone needs to work closely with Ange Postacoglu to be ensuring that, Ange, is this guy part of your plans? No, right, leave it to me. I'll find him a new home. I'll get rid. I'll sort it. And we need that. We need that desperately. Aparatici was doing that, but then uh, something happened, you know, basically got taken off in handcuffs. And in fairness to him, he Um, did some really good deals. He did. (laughs) And I've got to say... Yeah, Con man of the century uh, or not, he did some someone, great deals. Um, someone posted that Wolf of Wall Street thing. It was like, and how did Paratici do all these deals? Yeah, it was crime. It was crime. That's what. Yeah. They, um, uh, so yeah, so um, a director of football isn't in place now. Ironically, we announced as a club um, that Daniel Levy was appointing a gentleman called Scott Munn to be in charge of the entire football aspect of Tottenham football Hotspur. operation. I think, yeah. Yeah, so Daniel Levy is like, I am in charge of everything, but my focus is going to be on the overarching business budgets, growing the brand, doing all the stuff. Daniel the commercial stuff, at. which he is fantastic at, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, and Scott Munn, who had this great reputation from the City Group of going into the clubs that the City Group had signed and turning them around and creating successful, driven atmospheres. He's an Australian himself, Um Anyone knows anything about Australian people in sport is they are wanting to win. They don't care about an underdog tag. They don't care about how big an opponent they're up against. They want to win everything, and he is of that mould. Everything I read about him was interesting and very focused on winning. Very kind of, this is not just I come in to grow a brand. My my remit is creating a competitive sports atmosphere. Yep. The guy was announced he was going to start work the 1st of July. 1st of July came, no Scott Munn. Press obviously asked Tottenham, where's Scott? We've seen him in the preseason games. Where is he? Why haven't he started his job? Silence. Absolute silence. <laughs> A few murmurs. It would appear that his departure from the City group isn't as straightforward as everyone thought. 
basically, Tottenham announced the guy, he handed in his notice, and City went, yeah, your notice period's like three months, we're putting you on garden leave, mate. Oh. And they made him see out that full thing. Um, I've I got to say this, uh, because I think, I know it sounds like sometimes we everyone sort of digs the club out and stuff. I, I run a business, a lot of people listen to this run business, stuff like that. Due diligence is something that needs to be done on people. Fabio Paratici had all of that criminal stuff hanging over him when we appointed him. Where was the due diligence? Where was the, the foresight to look at that and go, if found guilty, you know, because Paratici's probably going, I didn't do it, it doesn't matter. But you as a club need to look at that and go, okay, right, even if I believe you, <laughs> let's say the judge doesn't and you are found guilty, this is the situation we will then find ourselves in weigh it up you know is this going to work for us is this a good idea mm. um based on the business he did for us maybe they did weigh it up correctly me personally i'm still looking at it going it wasn't a good look for tottenham hotspur the scott munn situation if you are appointing someone surely the most basic thing to do before you make an announcement is what day can you start are you know that's 100 your contract you've handed in your notice this you can start on that date did you see what I mean? It's like, surely yeah. to God, that is the most obvious thing before you put a press statement out. So again, it doesn't paint us in a good light. Apparently, he is now getting ready to actually start his role with us. And once he does, I dare say there'll be a bit of press about it and then a new director of football will get announced by him pretty shortly thereafter. Yeah. And then and then we'll be off to the races. But I, do, I, I did just want to highlight that because we have just done a summer window where a lot was needed. Yep. And we did it without the personnel in place that you typically need as a structure for our club to do the work. So I think we've actually done fairly well. Um, and I hope the structure is in place very, very quickly so work can begin for January straight away. Uh, because it needs, it needs to keep going. You know, we need in January, on January 1st, I want us making a deal for a central defender. Just me, my, my own personal opinion. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I've got to mention is there is a fan forum that Levy, Enoch, etc. have put forward. This fan forum is um, is going to be uh, held and then highlights of it will be put out to um, via Spurs Play. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say about this is I don't really like it because they're not allowing the press to go. So they're inviting fans to ask questions, but the press aren't allowed to go and cover it. And they will pick out the questions they want and they'll make them public. So uh, keep an eye on that, um, but I just want to mention it. However, that is it. That is our show. That is our September special. Um, hopefully we've gone over the transfers and everything. And hopefully people have enjoyed it. Thank you, my friend, for joining me. No um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back with the regular show. I think Matt's joining me. Uh, possibly you can as well. We make it a funny freeway um, for the game and talking about all things Tottenham next week. Until then, everybody, you all take care. Come on, you Spurs. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.